0: Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Hi everyone, Pastor Jeff Woodward here from Metro Church. Thank you for taking the time and spending it with us here in this great grow session. It's all about helping you to grow uh, because we believe that the will of God for every single one of us is that our life continues to go forward, continues to grow. I don't think there's any end of what God wants to do in your life and mine. And so this uh, series and these teaching sessions are all about helping position you so that your growth continues in such a great way. Before we get into that, though, you know that we always want to honour your giving. Uh, We do that not to remind people to give. We do it because we really want to celebrate your faithfulness to God and your generosity to His house and to His kingdom. And so we like to take these couple of moments just to say thank you and just to pray with you and agree with you. You know, we pray for blessing in your home and blessing in your business, whether you own it or whether you serve in it. We have got so many testimonies here from so many people of how their life has gone from a place of needing help to becoming someone who's able to give help to others. We thank God for His abundant blessing. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for each one. Thank you for all those, Lord, that are faithfully tithing, faithfully being generous over and above even that tithe that you ask us to give. Lord, those that are sowing into your kingdom in so many beautiful and wonderful ways. Father, you are our source, and we are grateful for your willingness to be such a blessing in our life. We thank you, Lord, that you're about lifting us up out of just the ordinary, lifting us out of a survival mode into a thriving place. We thank you for it. Lord, I believe for every blessing for every single person. Now, fathers, we come around your word. Would you help us today? Holy Spirit, be with everyone wherever they are right now. Surround them. Let their mind be free of distractions. Let the things you want to prompt them for, God let them hear you today we pray in Jesus name, Amen and Amen Hey, don't forget by the way that our great Easter convention, Deeper Stronger is of course coming up, it's getting closer and closer, it'll be Good Friday night and then Easter Saturday night, Easter Sunday morning and then Easter Sunday night as well, two great ministries are going to come and be a part of that, that's Reverend uh, Vicky Simpson, of course, who many of us know. And then Pastor David Schaefer. Uh, I just think David is one of the absolute legends of the gospel here in this nation of Australia. Both of them carry a profound and strong anointing of the Holy Spirit. I believe it's going to be a phenomenal weekend with God, and I encourage you to be a part of that. It's totally free uh, every single session. It's going to be a phenomenal time. But I want to take this time in this growth session with you to revisit some of what we began this year on, which was on refreshed vision. I want to say right at the very beginning that if the prophet Elijah, one of the greatest people of the entire Old Testament, one of the two, Moses and Elijah, who are with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, so that alone tells you the esteem and the level of prominence that they carry in the things of God. But if the prophet Elijah in First Kings 19 can get to a point where he feels that life is just not worth going on, then there's a couple of things that I think we take away out of that story. One is this, that no matter who you are and no matter how vastly experienced you are or how good your life is, you can end up in a place where you need refreshing, where you need God's help to re-energize you on the inside. The second thing I take away from that story is this, that feeling like that is not a sign that I'm out of the will of God or that God has taken his hand off my life or that somehow or other I've disappointed him. I believe that if the prophet Elijah can go through that, then you and I can as well. But you know, many of you that are a part of this grow service today, you won't be in a place where you're worn out by ministry or by leadership or by your responsibilities, perhaps. Maybe you're just somebody who feels like your life emotionally is a bit of a roller coaster. And really your question today is, Jeff, how do I even that out a bit? How do I become not more stable, but how do I become stronger in my inner life so that the things that come against me or the things that you know uh, just are a part of life Don't knock me over or keep me down as long as they used to. And so that's what this session's about. Go back through the whole of our uh, series and Metro Church WA on YouTube. Go through all the ones of January where I spoke on that and others spoke of that all the way through the month of January. Because I believe that they were not just a great way to start a year, a good theme. I believe that the word the Lord has put on my heart for 2023 is the word ready. I believe that God is getting us ready. I believe that he wants us to be ready. I believe that he's got a lot happening in this year for you and I, for our lives individually. I I said to somebody just yesterday on the phone, I said the hunger that I'm picking up amongst the people in Metro Church, there is an appetite for God to do extraordinary things and unusual things, it's almost like the Holy Spirit has already been speaking in the lives of so many people and just saying to them, come on, I want you to step up. And I hear that and I feel that from so many lives. I believe He wants us to be ready. And a huge part of being ready is not out of our gift or our talent alone. It's out of our our inner life and our ability to be able to say, God, I'm ready. Bring it on. I'm ready for everything that you want to do. So check those things out. Check out Future Sunday. That's a couple of weeks ago now, depending on when you're a part of this growth session. But that was the first Sunday of February where we highlighted some of the things that God has put in our heart. Some of them are audacious, I know. Some of them are, are massive. Some of them are Continuations, and we continue to uh, invest and believe. All of them are significant. And uh, if you go back and are a part of that, you'll get some inkling, maybe a stirring of the Holy Spirit, of of for you. Because see, I don't believe that God wants anyone to be a spectator for His work and for His purposes. I believe God's got a plan for you. I believe you matter. I believe who you are matters. I believe the way you live matters. I believe that what you do matters in the great things of God. So let's just again ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, would you help us to be ready? Whatever there is in our life that needs adjusting, Holy Spirit adjust it. We're giving you free reign. We're making room for you. We're saying Lord would you do something significant with our life? Let our life count for you, I pray, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. A refreshed vision is absolutely a key to being ready. So in this growth session, I want to take you through seven key parts of having your vision refreshed. Now, I live like you in this same world, and there are pressures and there are obstacles, there are opportunities, there are criticisms sometimes, or or things maybe that don't go the way you want. And so I know for me, I've had to live these things and I continue to live them. It's not like somehow or other, you know, being a preacher means you get a free pass and all this. So uh, understand that I'm journeying this journey with you and I'm preaching to me just as much as I am to you. And But I pray that these things will speak to you. Go back and listen to them again. Come on, let the Holy Spirit Come on, he wants to do something great. I'm, I just feel like I need to say that again to some of you here that maybe have had so many people in your life or your world dismiss you, tell you that you don't matter so much or who are you anyway or whatever else, or maybe it's just been your own conversation in your own mind that's kind of become a bit of a track there of, this is how, well, after all, who would care about me anyway? If I wasn't here, it wouldn't matter. I'm here to tell you that that's not the case. God's got something wonderful and beautiful and blessed for you to be a part of, and I really want you to grab a hold of that. So let's go to the very first thing that I think is foundational to having a refreshed vision, and that's this, is to build gratitude into your life. Now, before you just kind of go, well, okay, yeah, that's too easy or I know that, stay with me because I want to say something to you in a minute that I believe is quite profound. Uh, I'll come to that in a minute. But before we get to that, understand that gratitude focuses us on the right things. I think one of the most powerful things about gratitude is that it gets me out of the uh, focus on the things that are going wrong and gets me on the focus of things that are going right. It gets me off the disappointments maybe I've had, we've all had them, and gets me on to see what God is doing. That God is doing so many profound things around the earth right now. Future Sunday, I spoke about Cambodia and about Albania, about India, about hope here, about so many areas about red frogs and our future work uh, up in the Kimberley, all these amazing things that are going on. But you know, it's very easy in life to get locked on the prayer you prayed and it never came to pass or or maybe somebody close to you disappointed you. Can I encourage you, build an attitude of gratitude. Make gratitude a habit in your life. Now, here comes the profound thing I wanted to say to you. The Bible doesn't really teach be thankful. The Bible teaches something That sounds the same, but is actually quite different. The Bible teaches give thanks. Psalm 92 and verse 1 says this, It is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises under your name, O Most High. It's a good thing to give thanks. See, when I think about be thankful, you know, my mum, when I was a kid, if I didn't like what was put in front of me, she'd say, just be grateful, boy. Well, telling me to be grateful didn't shift whatever emotion of disappointment or disgust or whatever it might have been that was there at the time. You follow what I'm saying? Telling someone just be grateful actually doesn't help that person. On the other hand, what the Bible teaches of give thanks is an action I'm always able to take. It does not matter what's going on in my life, I can always Give thanks. I may not always feel grateful. I may not always feel like, you know, I'm just floating along on the great sun deck of God's blessing and enjoying every beautiful thing. I may not feel that, but I can always give thanks to God for what He's doing in my life. And, you know, remember that the Bible doesn't teach us to give thanks for everything, but to give thanks in everything that's first Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. it says in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you so maybe there are things in your life right now and you go well you know I don't like that I wish that wasn't happening etc those can all be there but the Bible doesn't say to be grateful for those things it says in the middle of those things give thanks and I will challenge you. I've yet to meet a person who doesn't have something in their life. I've had people say, well, nobody cares about me. And I go, well, what am I? A pork chop. I'm I'm standing here talking to you. I care about you. That's why I'm still talking to you. You know, but it's, isn't it true that if we allow the darkness of disappointment, if we allow the pressure of problems to come around about our life, our, our the life in us begins to drain out and before long we're tired all the time, before long we don't have any enthusiasm for the things of God. I remember being told many, many years ago that the word enthusiasm comes from two Greek words, en and theos, meaning in God. I think that's what Jesus was referring to in John 4, where he said to the disciples, I have got meat or food to eat that you don't know of. He said, I've got something that gives me an external source of energy. I believe that the most energetic people I know are the people who have got a fresh vision in their life. They're not living off yesterday and something that happened 20 years ago or 10 years ago or some prophetic word they had way back there, but there's a fresh vision in their heart. Those people seem to me have always got an abundance of energy in their life. So I I, I don't want you to just to dismiss this one lightly. It, It is a habit. Give thanks. It's a habit. When a negative thing happens, stop and give thanks for all the blessing that God has put in your life. You know, sometimes I literally walk around this church building. Usually when I'm on my own and, or I'm just going out of the building, walk down some of the stairs, I look at the beautiful building that we have. I look at all that's been done and I see all the people that serve in so many wonderful areas. And I've got to be honest, I often will just say, God, thank you. What a marvelous thing you've done. What a beautiful thing I get to be a part of. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for your mercy. I'm grateful for your call in my life in Jesus' name. Here's the second thing that I believe will help your vision to be fresh, and that is to look beyond now. Do you know that now is exactly just that? It's only now. It's what's happening now. It's what I feel now. One of my favourite verses, I quote it to myself quite frequently. It's in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. And it says this about Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now set down at the right hand of God. You imagine Jesus who's in the Garden of Gethsemane praying until literally he sweats drops of blood the betrayal in the garden by Judas, the going before Herod, going before uh, the the Jewish leaders, and and then being humiliated, dragged through the streets, carrying a cross, nailed to it and hung there. And yet the Bible says that whilst that was his now, he also knew what it said in Psalms, you won't suffer your Holy One to, to suffer corruption. You're going to raise him up. And so Jesus looked beyond his now and he saw the right hand of God, the throne that was reserved for him to sit at the right hand of the Father. And I think about that and I think about how often I can get captured by my now, by what's going on. And he said, she said, they did, this person didn't or whatever. And I've got to go, hey, I'm looking beyond all that in the name of Jesus. You know, on future Sunday, I highlighted some of the wonderful works that we have been a part of raising up. It doesn't mean that we did them all or we take the credit, but we've certainly been a major part of it. You know, Transform Cambodia, uh, Red Frogs, uh, Hope here, of course, our online ministry that goes back actually about 20 years, uh, and all of those things. And you know, every single one of them, when they started, were discounted by people who thought, well, that's silly, that'll never work. I remember Mark Patterson telling me about Transform that people said, well, you can't really do anything with street kids, can you? And now a 98% graduation uh, rate into university of those same kids that everybody had written off. What a remarkable thing. And, And now we stand at this point and we celebrate all these great successes, but I was there also when they weren't a success, when they were small. And the now didn't look so powerful. So again, I want you to hear this, because maybe you're in the beginning of something and the now looks small, or the now looks insignificant, or the now looks like it's never going to win. And you may feel like that, but just remember, there's coming a future for you. Jesus, who for the joy set before him, he endured his now. Now he's set at the right hand of the majesty on high. That's just such a beautiful thing, I think. Here's the third thing. If you want to get your vision refreshed, I cannot say this enough. In the year 2023 that we're in right now, where we're all so busy and we're all conscious of time and everything else, the third thing is this, is to spend time in God's presence. Acts 3, verse 19, the apostle Peter is preaching and he says, whom the heavens must receive. And he said, repent therefore that your sins be blotted out so that times of refreshing will come from the presence of God. Look, it's one thing to enjoy watching, and it's one thing to enjoy listening. It's one thing to have great Christian music playing in the background somewhere, rather you're streaming it or whatever. But can I say to you that there is no substitute for participating. When I participate in worship, not when I listen to someone else worship, but when I participate in worship, I enter his presence. The psalmist said, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. I will enter his courts with praise. Now, watching someone else enter his courts doesn't get you there. You need to be a part of that. You need to be spending your time in that. So don't be a watcher. Be a participator. Take some time. Listen every day, not to shoot off what I call arrow prayers to God. You know the ones you got your head in your pillow and you're saying, "Oh, by the way, Lord, yeah, you know, can you do this for me tomorrow?" And then you doze off. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about taking some time when Jesus is your only focus. Some time where you're saying to the Lord, "I'm listening to you. I'm ready for what you want to say to my life." Allow that. Allow that to be a part of your will. Take the time. You might say, Jeff, I'm, I'm so busy and I've got kids and I, you know, I've got all this stuff and I've got assignments that I've got to get done. Can I tell you that the very best investment of your time will be those few minutes that you set aside every day and say, I'm going to come into the presence of God. You know, I just have made that a practice for so many years and it's still one of the best parts of my day many times during the day. By the way, I'm not saying it's got to be an hour or it's got to be half an hour. I don't know what will be best for you. I just know the best thing is if you take those minutes and say, Lord, come on, I'm here with you. I'm just going to relax. I'm going to rest in you. Holy Spirit, I'm going to let you speak. I'm going to let you talk to me. I'm going to allow you to clothe me again. Lord, I need your presence. I need your empowering Before I rush out into my week and I rush out into my day and before I get so activated and all that stuff there, Lord, I'm going to take a few minutes just to let you clothe me in Jesus' name. I think that would be a powerful, powerful way to spend some time of your life. Here's the fourth thing, is that if you really want to be refreshed, you've got to make your words work for you. James chapter 3, verses 3 to 5, the Apostle James likens our tongue, our words, to the rudder of a ship or to the bridle that's put in a horse's mouth. And you know, that bridle, that massive big animal that weighs so many more uh, times than you weigh, and yet will be turned by a skilled rider, will be turned by just the gentlest touch. The same with a little tiller of a boat. The boat is so much bigger, but that small rudder is able to turn that entire boat, that ship around. In the same way, the apostle says, your words are steering your life. Can I give you a little word of caution here, a little word of wisdom? And that is this, don't make the mistake of praying words of faith and then going out and having conversations of fear. I'll say that again. Because I've been with enough people where they've stood with me and we've prayed and we've agreed, and then half an hour later or sometime later, in conversation, they're saying the exact opposite of what they just said in prayer. Lord, I thank you for this, and I'm praying for that loved one, Lord, and I'm believing that. And then I hear them a few uh, minutes later saying, oh, you know, they're they're so difficult, and I don't think they're ever going to change, and whatever, and I go, Why would you say one thing to God and then say another thing to someone else? Let's make sure that our words work for us, not against us. Death and life, the Bible tells us, are in the power of the tongue. Now, most of us don't really listen to us. And most of us don't harness the power of our words anywhere near as much as the Bible teaches us. If you just go through the book of Proverbs and a paper Bible and underline everywhere, or get it on your phone or write down every time God speaks about the power of your speech, you will be shocked that this book of wisdom so often talks about the power of our words. Jesus spoke about it. It's not just Old Testament, but right through the Bible, we are told that our words have got tremendous power. Jesus said in Mark 11, verse 23, for whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt that those things which he says will come to pass, that person's going to have whatever they say. Now, I didn't write that, but I know that your words have got enormous power in your life, in Jesus' name. So why not get the words that work for you? Don't talk about yourself like you're an idiot. You know, don't say that. Oh, I'm such an idiot. Why would you call that over yourself? Why don't you say I'm fearfully and wonderfully made? That my soul knows right well. Why not say, God, you've called me. I'm 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 literally one of your chosen ones, Lord, and so you're going to help me. Blessing's going to come my way in Jesus' name. Someone will go, oh Jeff, that just sounds like, you know, blab it and grab it and, you know, name it and claim it and declare it and wear it. As though somehow or other, you know, that we throw all that away and, well, I'm just being honest. I don't think it's any less honest to declare what this book says about my life. If this book says I'm called of God, I'm going to declare I'm called of God. If it says that I'm declared righteous by the blood of Jesus, then I'm going to say that no matter how I feel. Amen. Allow your words to work for you. Here's number five. Stay with us here. Number five is this. If you want to get a refreshed soul, a refreshed vision, make right connections in your life. Get the kind of connections that are going to help you and build you. Psalm 1, verse 1, it says, This blessed is the man or the woman who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his or her delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, that person meditates day and night. Think about that. The very first psalm is talking about the kind of environment you put yourself in, but it's not an environment of greenery or an environment of scenery. It's an environment of people around about your life. He says, stay away from those that are ungodly in their conversation. Stay away from those who are just scornful. You know, the kind of people, ah, yeah, seen all that before. Well, you don't believe that, do you? It's amazing how easy it is for us to begin fellowshipping with the kind of conversations and the kind of people. And that's not always physical, by the way. Social media, well, my goodness. You don't need me to tell. Even the world has woken up to the fact that so much of social media is pulling people down rather than lifting them up. And that doesn't mean that we don't, you know, we—it's all evil or so. I go, but some people, you know, if you're not careful, you'll you'll get drawn into a a thing of all the whole world is bad. Uh, I hear so many amazing stories of the power of the gospel. And what Jesus is doing right around the earth, I believe that Jesus is coming back for a bride without spot or blemish or wrinkle or any such thing. So then why would I always be fellowshipping around the failure of some man or woman of God, the failure of some church or other? Listen, those things have been there since the beginning of the gospel. The, The early church went through things like that. And so I don't deny them. I don't have to pretend they don't exist. But however, I'm not going to allow that to be the kind of connections that I make. Don't allow yourself to become one of the cynics of life. Don't allow yourself to fellowship around with people who simply share your brokenness. And because they share your brokenness and they, you kind of become Job's comforters, as it's called, and you end up just simply agreeing with one another about how bad that group of people or somebody else is. Rather than saying, God, you've called me to be a bearer of good news. Where can I find people of vision? Where can I find people of faith? One of the things I love about church really gathering together is that when we all come together, we are coming together as a body of believers, not doubters. We aren't coming together to rehearse all the problems of the world and everything that's gone wrong. We're coming together to celebrate Jesus. We sing songs that lift you. We pray prayers that bless you, and we speak a word from God that'll strengthen your life. And I would encourage you. Church is such a great way for you and I to do that. Things like serving teams. You know, I've watched over the years, people that come to Metro and begin serving in some area or other, not only do they add value by their skill set or by their gifting, but something gets added back into them. I watch their relationships get stronger. I watch the way they care for one another because that person is now in a team. And the teams here are as much about relationship as they are about task. Metro Life that we began last year. What a phenomenal blessing that is where you can come into a relaxed space and you can begin to share your life with others. No one's making you to do it. There's no kind of forced confessions of any kind anything like that. But it means that you can build bridges rather than stay isolated in your life. And, uh, you know, Ecclesiastes 11 gives good advice to people that have been lonely in their life. It says this, in the morning, sow your seed. In the evening, don't withhold your hand because you don't know what will prosper, either this or that, or whether both alike are going to be good. And what it's saying there is, Scatter lots of good relational seed in your life. Be friendly to lots of people. You don't know whether that person there is going to become a good friend or whether they're just a passing through acquaintance. So don't look and hook onto one who becomes your answer. Rather, build the kind of uh, life where you're scattering lots of great seed to lots of people, amen? Here's number six, just two more. Number six, if you want to live a refreshed life, then live today, not tomorrow. I know. Again, it's pretty simple, but you know, Jesus said in Matthew six verse thirty-four, he said, "Sufficient under the day is the evil thereof." Don't worry, he says about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. And he says, "Just live today. That's all I got to live today. I've got to." serve God. Today, I've got to love the people that God put them over. Today, I'm going to do my best. You know, there's a whole lot of things. And honestly, I could look at things down the road and go, I don't know where the finance is coming from for that or where the people are going to come from that. And I don't know how that's going to happen. And if I do that, pretty soon energy and life will leak out of me. I'll find myself despondent. Rather, I've just got to live today. That's all I got to do. I don't have to be concerned about tomorrow, it's not here yet. Doesn't stop me planning, but it means that I'm not living it yet. You follow what I mean? So that's number 6. Number 7, I believe this one is helpful, certainly helped me over the years, and that's as simple as this. Choose joy. I have made a choice to rejoice. Have Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 again? Listen to the words I said before. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher or developer of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. In other words, Jesus chose joy. He could have chose disappointment. He could have talked, well, where are all those people you know that cried out, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. What have I happened to the 5,000 that I fed? Where are they now when I need them most? He could have gone through all that, and yet Jesus chose joy. I really hope today that you're getting this. I'm certainly not into giving you cliches or, or kind of simplistic answers, but I am into giving you simple answers and i have proven these things in my life and continue to prove them that god wants your life to be refreshed god wants to empower you and god can do that supernaturally a touch of the holy spirit i believe that that will happen for many people in our deeper stronger conference we're not gathering to people together to hear more sermons we're gathering together we're allowing time for the holy spirit to come and to pour himself out afresh onto our life. But I also know that for every single one of us, there there is a need for us to respond and to make some deliberate choices that will lead us to a refreshed life in Jesus' name. If I take you back to where we started with the prophet Elijah in 1 Kings 19, where he's worn out, where he says, God, oh, I'm no better than my fathers. Why am I even here? And if you see that you'll find that then God says to him, now you arise and go your way, go and anoint Hazel to be king over Syria and et cetera, and anoint Elisha the son of Shaphat of Abel, my to be prophet in your place. And Elisha got up and went. The genius, if you like, the wonder of the heart of Elijah, no wonder he's there with Moses on the Mount of Transfiguration because this man, despite all the overwhelming emotion that's Bombarded him and the way he feels. This man gets up from there and says, God, I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to, I believe that my future is better than my past. God, you're going to take me on from here. This is not the end. God, this is just how I feel right now. And you've got something great. And Elijah went on from there. And depending on which commentator you want to listen to, was somewhere between eight and 15 years more of incredibly fruitful ministry doing things he'd never done before. See, I believe that the best days for you and for me are ahead of us. I don't care how old you are or what's gone in your past and how much failure you've had or the difficulties, or challenges. Now, of course, I care that you've had to endure those. However, I really pray that more than that, you'll lift up your eyes from where you are and say, God, what if the best days for me are the ones in front of me? I don't want to miss those because I got so focused on the negative, because what somebody said has become a barb, a wound inside of me, that thing they said to me when I was a kid, or that thing that mum or dad said, you know, without realising that they were literally creating a, a sore inside of my life. Can I pray with you that Jesus will set you free? Can I pray with you that God will lift your life? I do believe that every single person God made is beautiful. I do believe that every single person God made is filled with great and godly potential. I believe that every single person God made is equipped by the Holy Spirit to do something wonderful. And I don't want you to miss that out just because, well, right now things are are challenging because challenges will come, but no storm lasts forever. God's going to take us through in the name of Jesus. Let me give you these things to you again before we pray. Here's these seven things that I trust. You'll remember some of them and they'll help you. Firstly is give thanks. Secondly, look beyond now. Thirdly, spend time in his presence, whether you feel it or not. Fourthly, make your words work for you. Fifthly, make right connections in your life. Sixthly, live today, not tomorrow. And number seven, choose joy in your life. In Jesus' name. Before I pray for everybody, maybe some of you have, you're here on this broadcast, you're here as a part of this grow service, and you're saying, Jeff, you talk about Jesus like he's real and like he's listening, and I go, oh, he absolutely is. The Bible says, for God so loved the world. That's got to include you. It says he gave his only begotten son, that's Jesus. He gave him he's not asking you to give. He's saying, I gave that for you. And it says that whoever believes in him, and the word believe there doesn't mean just to believe that he's a figure of history or that he existed. Believing means to put your trust in. And so maybe you're at that point where you go, Jeff, I'm ready to put my trust in Jesus. I'd like Jesus to become real to me. I do not know of a greater joy that you can have in your life, then to walk with God, it's greater than all the gifts, all the talents, all the achievements, all the success, all the blessing and everything else will be the fact that you'll be able to get out of bed every morning and know that Jesus is there with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's always with you. So can we pray together? And then I want to pray for absolutely every one of you and ask God for his refreshing in your life. If you want to say yes to Jesus, up on the screen for you right now is the yes text number. That's what we call it. 0488 826 392. If you're outside of Australia or you'd like our help via email, then you go to yes.metrochurch.org.au. And all that'll happen is after you give us your yes, we won't pester you. Of course, we won't want to ever do that. We'll never write and ask you for money. That's not what we do. What we will do is we'll start immediately praying for you. Our prayer team We'll pray for you. Go, Jeff, how can they pray for me? They don't know my name. That's okay. God knows who you are. We'll start praying for you. And then the moment we get your yes on that number or that email, we will send you the very next day a scripture. It's different. Every single day, we'll send you a fresh one every day. We'll send you a prayer, just a brief one. all fits on one screen of the smartphone. And it's our way of helping encourage you every single day of your new life with Jesus. So let's pray. If that's you and you want to say yes to Jesus, why don't you pray this prayer wherever you are right now? Just make this your prayer. Just say these words to Jesus. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I want you in my life. Please forgive my sin. I'm putting my trust in you right now to lead me, to save me, and to guide me the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Now, let me pray for you. Father, thank you for those people that are saying yes to you. Lord, I thank you for their heart and their openness to you. And Lord, I know that this isn't something we could ever do for them. And our church, as great as it is, Lord, cannot save them, but you can, and you are saving them, and you're reaching to their life right now, and they're being born again of the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray for everyone that's been a part of this great grow session. Everyone, Lord, that has leaned in saying, God, I need your refreshing. Lord, would you help make me stronger emotionally so that the things that used to knock me over won't knock me over anymore. God, I pray for them that you will, by your wonderful Holy Spirit, just every day, every day bring that scripture back to their mind. Bring that song that they sang in church last Sunday. Let it become something that just keeps going through their mind and the words of it speak life and hope to them. Help us, Lord, to build hearts that are grateful to you, to spend time in your presence, to harness our words, to make the right connections. All those things, we choose joy in our life. We live today, not tomorrow. Father, we lift up our eyes and look to the future and don't allow our now to be the thing that prevents us walking into the great plans and the future you have for us. Thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, it's been great to be with you. I hope that helps you. I feel blessed just sharing it and uh, certainly speaking to me. Understand, you're always welcome at Metro. We'd love to see you in person. Uh, Thank God for all those we get to see online. You're always welcome here, though. Don't forget Easter convention's coming up. Good Friday night. That's in April, of course. Easter Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, you will not want to miss one of those very powerful sessions. Thank you for being a part of Grow. I look forward to seeing you again somewhere soon. God bless.